Okay. Are you guys ready for us now? Because we're ready for you. Yes. If you guys would grab a seat. And I want to encourage you to, to kind of, we're a smallish crowd this morning, so I want to encourage you to press in a little close. Uh, if you could move up a few seats, we won't be loud. And uh, I think only one of us spits. The rest of us are all right. Hi, Audrey. Oh, I'm just trying to get your attention. Yeah, so, uh, hello. Where's your hood? Oh, okay. Why, why are you sitting down? <laughs> good morning. Hi, so good to see you. Um, so as I was saying, we're kind of a, we're an intimate crowd this morning. So if you want to uh, press in a little bit, we'd love to have folks a little closer because we're sitting back there. And there's like, what, 30 feet between me and Audrey. Hi, Audrey. So we'd love to have you guys move a little closer, but nobody's moving. Joe, you're as close as you can get, I think. Thank you, Jason. I turned off my own microphone. Okay. So um, you didn't, if you didn't know, if you didn't understand what Heidi has been saying, uh, the church sent a mission team to uh, Boise, Idaho this last week, not this week we just had, but the week before, and we worked with YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission, that's Y-W-A-M, and uh, so I was going to have the whole team come up, and basically it was two of our families, it was my family and the Haas family, and uh, would you guys just all come up now, and we'll sit up here, and man, you guys got all kinds of stuff. So what our plan is this morning is to share some of the things that we learned and some of the things that we did and some of the things that God spoke to us while we were there. I don't have any idea which seat's supposed to be mine. Where do you want to sit? I'm dancing around. Here's a microphone. Oh, good. We got extra seats. Anybody else want to come sit up with us? Because half of the church is up here today and the other half is down there. So if anybody else wants to join us, there's a chair for you. Um, Doug, you want to sit with us? You sure? Okay. Um, so we're just, the plan is, the plan is actually Heidi and Jamie and Sherry and I sat down last night and, and Sherry goes, what's the plan? And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have a plan? And the plan is uh, that we're going to just each take time and share something that God spoke to us, something that stood out, something that we really enjoyed, um, and something that we learned. But we wanted to start, is that, is that going to happen? That, I'm looking at the girls, is that going to happen? So, um... To give you an idea of what we did on this mission trip, part of what we worked with um, is we were sent to serve refugees in uh, the Boise area, refugees and displaced people. And uh, I don't, re- just, Jamie, do you remember, any of you guys that are number of people remember how many des- refugees were in the Boise area? Okay, they didn't know specifically there. Um, but so we did a project where we learned about one of the displaced peoples of the world and why they were displaced and what made them different. And uh, our group, we were we actually had two groups, but our group with the two young ladies, Ashlyn and Amelia, uh, we chose the country of Somalia. And so they have prepared a skit that they have written themselves. And this is entirely them, and with the assistance of Jamie Hawes, and I am the great artiste in this one, so you'll get to see my picture that I drew to help with the play. So with that, I'd like to introduce Ashlyn and Amelia and Jamie, and is there a microphone down that way or not? 
yeah, and they can share about their outfits and stuff as they go. They're getting ready. So we had to redo the script, and it's a little bit different now, but I will figure it out somehow. So one thing that's not on the script is your names. Can you just introduce yourselves this time? What, what's your Somalian names? All right, so there are differences between people out there and these people. And now is an opportunity if you guys want to raise your hand and ask any questions about your lives that are different from their lives there in Somalia. Um, one thing that's different is they get dirty water when they go to get water. There's no clean water anywhere, and they have to get up before school and go, go get water. So do you guys have any questions? This is part of the skit. It's an interactive skit. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that at the end. <laughs> we ate with our we ate with our hands. <laughs> We also eat camel and goat and sheep. And pigs. We eat eat cows. You don't eat pigs. We eat cows, goats, and lambs. (laughs) We don't really know about that. We're finally done. (gasps) I'm really hot. Time for school. And after school, they get more water and even more water. Look at your clothes and their clothes, and they are different. Um, They have homes, and their homes are... Well, here's an example of their home. It's right. It was up there a second ago. Our roofs are made out of straw. The sides are made of mud and sometimes camel poop. And that, folks, is the end of our <laughs> skit. Um, Somalia is in Eastern Africa. Um, 
Should we help you a little bit? So what's the main what's the main religion of Somalia? It's on on they the board. Did you forgotten? They speak Arabic. They do speak Arabic. Religion? Islam. Islam. Islam religion. Um. They spend no money on mili- the military. Even though the country's been in civil war for years and years, they don't spend any money on their military. And there are over 500,000 displaced people in Somalia right around the capital. They're living in refugee camps right now. Yeah, and they have to pay um, money to like be able to stay there to the... Mm-hmm. The person in charge of the camp, they have to pay up to half their food. Sometimes their houses smell weird. Because um, they're, they're made out of like socks and uh, rags. But they also uh, can be made out of straw and what we said in the story. All right, and then we also learned that 41, 42% of the population lives on less than $1 a day, and that the average age of a person that lives in Somalia is 18 years old. And when you start getting to 50, it's like down to less than 1% of the population. So it was a, a fascinating learning experience for all of us as we learned about that. And we got to buy these dresses in an African uh, market, and the dresses and clothing is from Somalia, and it's handmade there. Thanks, girls. So we got a whole bunch of pictures and my clickers, and we're getting, put the Bluetooth thing up on the ridge up there, and that might help. And let's see if that helps. And if it doesn't, then I'll just have him start clicking through. And what we're going to do is I'm going to, I guess, pass the mic down the line and let people start sharing kind of what we heard and learned. And maybe, uh, maybe Clay, you could give a little bit of quick rundown on what like what it looked like, like where we went first and then where we went second. Would you start? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Um, To begin with, we drove off into the YWAM camp where we were introduced to everyone that we would be working with in Daring uh, when we went out to Boise. So in that time, we, uh, well, first of all, we just got to know each other because it's easier to well, since a lot of the things we had to do in Boise was us working together in groups and um, sermons and sharing our stories and how we're all connected and how we wanted to uh, help people that were trying to live here after whatever drove them out of their homeland. So after we went from the YWAM camp, we went over to Boise and the two families took residence in some peoples who uh, volunteered to let us stay in their homes. And then the Grace Youth Group that was also there with us, they just were, they lived in the place next to the church. Where's that called? Uh, yeah, the like, yeah, the YWAM Youth House. So from there, we just uh, conducted worship. We went out and did. Um, like evangelical things we helped with uh, different 
immigrant families living in um, uh, like apartment places or uh, areas where it's like either there's a high population of refugees there or it's like completely and only supposed to be um, lived in by refugees living that are making the transition to America. Thanks, Clay. You want to go ahead and just share kind of something that stood out to you, something you learned that that God said to you maybe or that you really loved about the trip? Uh, Probably one of the biggest things that happened there was doing this thing where we we went out and we splitted ourselves we splitted ourselves up and then we went out in groups and the group I was with which included me like the older children are in the families and then two helpers that we're with YWAM and we came across this guy who he, we weren't connected to at all but he was also on the street like talking about the Bible and a lot of the stuff I'd say we didn't really agree with. Like, I'd say if it was one of, like, a more negative examples of evangelia- evangelicalism, but um, I said that wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we kind of walked over there, and there was, like, a horde of people there, and they were listening to him, and a lot of them were like, shouting things back it wasn't it wasn't very wasn't a good discourse but when we were there we were able to talk to everyone and I was able to single out this one person that sounded bad Uh, (laughs) um, I was I talked to him and he said that I wasn't here for this so I can't like confirm or deny whatever the uh, guy who was preaching there said but he was talking about how like oh uh, if you sin, then you like God doesn't forgive you unless you ask Him, or uh, like you have to find everyone that you've like sinned against and just ask for them to repay you. Like you got to get on your hands and knees. And that was like, first off, that's like not that is that completely goes against what the Bible says. So, and there was other things too, like oh, how you should treat like people who like have sex before they're married, or people who. Uh, like, like commit adultery or like uh, all these different groups of people that he said like, oh, like God doesn't like them and that's like a horrible sin and you're going to hell regardless. Like this kid that was listening to that who was like yelling at the guy, he like really didn't agree with that and he was really mad at the guy. But we, I, were you all there? Or Yeah, I was, we were able to talk to him and I was able to like get through to him a little bit, but then the guy started rambling off again. So he kind of like undid everything I, everything good I packed it into him so I hope I impacted him positively a little but uh, we kind of got dragged down by that random guy <laughs> to be honest but it's I guess that's going to happen eventually from time to time so not a big deal thanks Clay that's a picture over there of it um, going down and I thought was u- unique about this experience is that we have one person who loves Jesus and is well-meaning and who is preaching a really negative, you know, coming at people and really being just kind of not nice. That's what he was being. And this huge crowd of kids was around him, and then we showed up. And it was like all of a sudden, you know, Cole and Clay and others are talking to the kids and the guy, and they're, they're actually preaching the gospel of love. 
in the midst of this gospel of hate, which isn't a gospel, right? That's like good news. I don't know. Anyway, so it kind of turned it around. And so I think, Clay, that you planted seeds in those kids' hearts, and they saw something different in you. So I wanted to say good job doing that and listening to the Holy Spirit. You guys are going to clap whenever you want to. This is kind of awesome. It was a cool moment. Um, So I guess we'll just continue down the line. This is Cole. Uh, Nice to meet all of you if you don't know me. Um, One thing that really impacted me on this trip was this activity we were doing uh, where we would sit and pray and ask God to give us a vision or a person's face or a person's clothes, and then we would go and try try to find that person and and pray for them or give them whatever they needed to hear from God. And at first, I kind of thought it was all make-believe, you know, getting visions from God and stuff, because I've never gotten a vision from God. And I don't know how many of you guys have. have Has anyone gotten a vision from God before? Just raise your hand. Okay. That's a lot of you. (coughs) Um, So we're sitting praying on some fields or some just this grass before we go and walk the streets of Boise. And I get the this image in my head. I wrote it down. It's just these triangles just in one another. And I kind of knew it was from God because it didn't make any sense at the time. I was like, why is this in my head? But that's how most of that most of uh, our human thoughts are. It kind of comes from who knows where the thoughts come from, you know. So most thoughts could be put in your head from God. And we're walking the streets, and I'm kind of just focused on this thing that I saw, and none, I never see it, and I never see the the image that I thought I saw. But when we were walking, another leader that we were walking with kind of pointed out this image, and he's like, is that the image that you saw? And I said, no, you know, it's not exactly, but it could be it. And we see this girl approaching us in the distance, carrying this huge sign over her head, and she just comes, stands right in front of us, and sets a sign down. And she's talking to us about um, the ad, because it's the sign for her pizza place. And she's, like, telling us to come in, try these pizzas or whatever. And we're like, yeah, like, we might, whatever, say goodbye. And we keep walking, and I just felt really called to go and talk to her. And I didn't really say anything at first, but I kept getting more and more, like, anxious as we were leaving. And I just told one of the leaders that I was with, I was like, we have to go back and talk to her. Like, I need to pray for her. I just really feel called to and he said, yeah, you're right. Like, I feel the exact same way. So we go and find this pizza place because we know where she works. And um, we walk in, and it's just her working. And she's about my age. She has blue hair. Um, she's, just, she's just working. And I go and approach her, and she starts reading me off the menu. And I tell her that I'm on, like, a missions trip, and I just I feel really called to to pray for you, and I, I've never really done that to anyone before. I've never prayed for anyone. I get really anxious approaching people I've never talked to, to before, like super nervous, so at that point, I was just shaking in my shoes, like, I have no idea what I'm about to pray for this girl, like, I just need God to kind of put these words in my head, and as I start praying for her, the words just keep flowing and flowing and flowing. I tell her that she's so special and that God has these huge plans for her, and she's just nodding along. I didn't know if she was really into it, but after I kind of finished up and I looked at her, she just looked filled with hope and the Holy Spirit because she said that she had big plans and that she just really needed to hear that from me. And I think that God can work in mysterious ways, and if you kind of get fixated on your own life, you're never going to work for Him. And I really believe that one thing that I'm going to take away from this is he'll, He'll use you if you let Him, but I mean, if you're never open to it or think that He can use you, I don't I don't think that um, 
but it'll be very easy for him to use you. Yeah. So one of the things that we were taught before we went out that's been a big challenge to me that fits with what Cole said is that um, God asks us to give him give him our yes before he asks. Like that God, you know, have that attitude of heart that whatever you call me to do, God, my answer is yes. Before you even ask, the answer is yes. I mean, that's what Cole, I mean, he said yes. And then it was like, and I want you to pray for the girl with the arrows at the pizza place. <laughs> he said yes. And then right out of that, you know, that God gave him the grace and the power to do everything he called him to do. And that, that is true for all of us. So we really wanted to point that out. Do you have something you want to share, Ashlyn? Go for it. Um, so the same thing, like, at Cole that we went and prayed, and then we would look for people that we prayed for. And it was kind of, it was a scavenger hunt. But we didn't really find anybody. But sometimes, like, um, one of the times, because we did a whole bunch of times, but um, I saw some because um, my dad and Heidi said that they saw someone with, like, a mustache. And so I saw someone, but then, like, we just went, we really went past really fast, and we weren't really looking for anybody who was, um, who we were praying for. But when I saw someone, um, I kept on hearing a voice that said, that's him, but we never really stopped. And my mom said, when we come, we'll come back. And when we came back, he was never there, so. And when we did it again, he was never there, so. So, um, this is actually a story about another person that was in our, like, our group. Um, so, his name was Grant, and we were just walking all in our group, and, um, we, like, we see this man, and well, me and Grant see this man, and then and hi, um, Grant saw the, his sign, and it said that um, the man needed a friend. So Grant gave him some money, and they went to a, we all went to a coffee shop, and um, we got um, they got a drink, and. Um, and then um, Grant asked if there was, like, anything that he wanted to pray for, that he needed to get prayed for. Um, and David said, well, yeah, I actually do. I've been out on the streets for five years, and um, my leg has been injured. And, um, yeah, and then <laughs> the next day we come back, and we see him um, on, uh, not on where we found him. And then the next day we see him, I see him laying um, on like a bench. I was trying to think because I could probably talk for like an hour about just like things we saw and like we don't have anything to, to do to. today, so just go we'll ahead. Just, <laughs> just take no. it away. <laughs> I'll just kind of 
I'll let them talk about a family we met. Were you guys going to talk about that? I was going to talk about Rob, too, because I don't know if people have really mentioned him. Um, so at the camp, it's in Cascade, um, and we stayed there for like four or five days doing training and family things and getting closer with the leaders. And um, the speaker uh, was named Rob, and people call him Uncle Rob, I guess, because he, <laughs> he goes on missions to India, and the people there like call him Uncle Rob. So even on his Uncle name, Rob. Uncle Rob, like he'd always call me Uncle Rob. So he'd tell us that. And um, he has like a name tag, and even just like on his stuff, he writes Uncle Rob. And he's just this really cool guy. Like everyone else was like young adults, like the oldest, probably like 30 kind of age. And then he's like probably in his 60s. No, <laughs> um, he's just super cool. Like he's just witnessed so many like things around him and miracles. And he's just someone like cool. We were talking about this. Like he is kind of like what I would imagine like Jesus to be like in some ways. Just like he was so relatable. He just reached out to anyone. Um, we had this night of like where we would just we were sitting on the floor in like the sanctuary area, and we were worshiping. And there's music, but if a leader or just anyone had a word for someone or something they felt like God put on their heart to pray for them, he would, like, they would, like, go and pray for people, and Rob just prayed for me probably for, like, half an hour, but it went by really fast, but it was just such a good experience, and, he, and then we brought Clay over, and we all prayed together, and it was just, it was really cool, but I just felt, like, really close to him. I've just been, like, thinking about him. Just He's had so many, like, amazing, he's witnessed, like, miracles, and it's, I'm, I guess, like, I hear about it, and you hear about it from people, like, oh, this happened to me, but, like, I only would think that, like, maybe that happened to a person once in their lifetime, like, if they're lucky, if that's something God has put on their heart, but Robert showed me just, like, if you want to be used by God, he will use you as much as you are willing to be used, and I think that was, like, my testimony coming out of, like, camp. We did, like, this sitting around the fire, kind of giving testimonies from the week at the Cascade camp, and that was really... what resonated with me is just like there were so many of these like young adults and people that had just starting life um especially this this brother and sister their dad was the director of the cascade ywam camp and their names were megan and grant and i'm sure we would just love them we they're so great um megan is 16 and her brother's 18 and megan i thought she was like 30 i think isaac was like are you like 30 like how old are you she was my age and like she just, she kind of had an older appearance, but, like, her demeanor and, like, maturity was just, like, beyond her. Like, they had been part of so many different, like, just God-worshipping. Is she up there? Okay, that's Megan in the pink shirt, and Grant's right behind her. And they are just, like, they have so many, like, memories and times that they've just talked to people like we were doing this evangelism workshop with Grant and he was running the whole thing and he was just talking about all these people he's come across and prayed for and like seen so yeah I think that was the best part of that trip is just like they're ordinary people they live in like Cascade there's like a thousand people there if that like it's a small town and like they just God moved them in any way that they were willing to be moved so that's what I really took back from this so back to Uncle Rob, um, <laughs> he, uh, like, what, something that I thought was really amazing was that one time he, like, he, we were in the chapel, um, and before we, like, really did anything, he's like, okay, stop everybody real quick, 
um, I'm going to try to memorize your names. So we flipped our name tags, and he went, like, said all of the names, and, like, he might have had a couple of pauses, but he got it. Um, and then he couldn't quite get Ashlyn's, but, um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, so they came, he, he's like, okay, I'm going to come back to you. So he, when he was all done, he came back to Ashlyn, and he was like, uh, Ashley? And she's like, mm-mm. He's like, I, I know it's something like, uh, is it Ashlyn? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then another time, like, it was like breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and we, like, they were the, he, like, had us flip our name tags again, and he got every single person right. So that was really cool. It's like ping pong. I didn't know if you wanted to follow up on even Robbie said. Sure. No, well, what was cool about it is that it showed how much Rob loved us. It wasn't a game for him. It was, like she said, it was like Jesus. And he's like, I want to know your name. It was really cool. Okay. So is that better? You you okay now? Can you go now? I'm giving you a chance. (laughs) Um, So I think almost everyone knows me, but um, I'm Sherry. And these are my four kids. The yellow ones, ours. um, Yeah, Ashlyn and Cole and Clay and Addison. And just being together and um, just, yeah, it was amazing. It was just amazing to see God work in my kids' lives. Um, The hugest thing is um, they came and just, they were all, I just feel like they were all in. Whatever, what, they were just open to whatever God was going to do. They were open to just, being warm with people, um, just kind of embraced this whole trip. And I got to say, we, up to like the last possible moment, we did not know if we, we should go or shouldn't go. Um, we, we have our own business and our property manager was going to be gone. There's all these things that went into it, like, oh, man, can we really be gone at this for a week? And... Um, a huge factor in it was Cole. He's at college. And so we asked, we went there for spring break. We asked him, Cole, you know, our church is thinking about doing this. Would you want to go? And he was immediately like, yeah, I want to do that. So then a couple of months go by and, and Heidi's like, hey, I, I just need to know Sean up at YWAM. You know, we just need to make sure we need to get him money and stuff. And we're like, ah, oh, I don't know. And, and we were both like, I could see Cole like deciding at the last minute, like, actually, I want to keep working here. I don't want to go. And, um, so he's a freshman in college, or he was a freshman in college, and it's like, he's home for the summer, we don't want to, we could have just went and left him back for a week, but it's like, no, we want to go together. We go all together, or we don't go. And so um, we called him, and we're like, just want to make sure, do you, do you, you sure we want to do this? Once we give our money, like, we're all going. And he was like, yeah, I said, I want to do this. So it's kind of crazy to think we were kind of there because Cole said yes. <laughs> um, but I, I would, I will never regret that that we set aside that time to, to go and pursue God and just see what God has for us. And we've never done anything like this. Um, I've been on one mission trip um, when I was 17, I think. And so this was life-changing, truly. Like, um, I shared this at the, at one point before we left Warm Lake, we just shared, like, what, 
what are you going to take away from this? And I just, I feel like w this could be like on your timeline, you look back and say, July 2019, we were never the same again. I truly feel that for um, myself and, and my whole family, that um, God did things in us, stirred things in us, um, that, that if we cultivate it, like it will never be taken from us. And I just feel like we'll, we'll just grow um, from here forward. We're going to grow in a way that I think will surprise us, you know, and will be impactful. And um, I think that's the biggest thing for me, just that we were together. And how I mean, we all got along really good. Our families together got along so good. I just feel like it, it couldn't have gone better. It was just, just an incredible experience. So. Sorry, super quick. I, it's no one would know this. A couple of my like closest friends know this. I think my kids know this. I've always wanted to go to um, an African church, and it was just it was what we did in Boise. One of the things we did is we went to church, and that was like probably one of the highest highs of my life in just joy to experience this culture, just the way they worship God, the way they claim the Word of God was was amazing. I I. I will try to do that again. <laughs> All right. You guys have stolen a lot of the things that I wrote down that I was going to say, but that's okay. I'll just kind of fill in a little bit. Um, Addie mentioned Rob, and, and one of the kind of the themes, he was kind of our main teacher as we were up there. There was a staff up there that would kind of do little small teachings, but he was kind of the kind of the continued um, pastor, I guess you would say, yeah. Um, and one of his, one of the main things that, that he was talking about was just our identity in Christ. You know, a lot of times we, um, we kind of have our own identity through things we've done, things we've accomplished, things that have happened to us. He shared a, one of the main stories he shared about was w about his daughter that when she was 13, she uh, I think she had a friend over or something. They snuck out and went to, like, a high school party. And at that at that party, she was sexually abused by someone that was quite a bit older than her. And um, just how that messed her up for a long time. And um, <clears throat> just kind of how we all, we all can kind of have those stories. You know, it may not be something like that, but just things that we do, things that other people do to us, the world, whatever it is, kind of messes up our own identity and kind of how we see ourselves and so a lot of it was kind of resetting resetting that identity and um, you know I kind of saw it as some of you has been to these encounters that we've done before like retreats it was kind of like a four-day retreat just continual just building us up and so it was good and just getting to know the staff and um, one of the amazing things is like like this group here, this is when we were in Boise here, um, sitting on next to this van. And like the staff, I think was about eight, eight different um, people that came down with us. And the average age of these people were like 20 years old. Not to say anything bad about young people, but <laughs> this, this is who was leading us. And I wouldn't have chosen anybody else. I mean, they were, mm -hmm. they were amazing. And uh, you know, they didn't have tons of experience, but just their love for Jesus and just the way they carried themselves. And um, it was, it was, it gave us all excitement to do what we were doing down there. And um, one of the things that I think, like Cole was talking about, was when we were doing, they called it treasure hunting. 
And so we were going downtown Boise, and we'd, we'd, we'd pray for a bit. Like, we prayed at the Capitol building in the grass there and just asked for the Lord to show us things. And there were some just random things that were thrown. I'm like, how could you see that? It was just weird. Like, one of the things was, like, cheddar, you know, cheetah, like jalapeno cheddar Cheetos, like the jalapeno. I was like, that was weird. But, you know, so we're just kind of, you know, doing this. We've never really done it before, but there was just these random things thrown out. Alex said that, yeah. But anyway, so throughout that, we did it like three times because we did it like two times with the groups, and then even just our own families, the Pagels and Haas, went back like before we left and did it again on our own. But I think the first time there was this this image that I think Jamie and um, someone else got was of this short hair blonde, just short blonde hair and that was kind of the image and a couple days went by and nothing we didn't see anyone like that or was able to pray with anyone like that and then and then the second time we did it I got this image of the short hair with like this yellow scrunchy thing you know like the hair ponytail thing and uh, that was weird but it just kept coming back so I shared that like I see like I don't see the face or anything but I just see the the hair and the, the short blonde hair and the yellow scrunchy thing, and so, okay, that was weird, but, so, we're going into the city, and we're, we're looking for people, we're just kind of seeing what's going on, and we walk up to these fountains, and there's this blonde-haired girl, um, who is, uh, just by herself, and, uh, she's just, like, she has all of her clothes on, and she's just, like, running through these fountains, all by herself, and, like, okay, I think this is the person. So um, she finishes doing that. You know, she's running around, and then she sits down. And, I mean, she was totally sound mind, but she was just hot. It was like a – it was probably like – what was it? What time was it? It was hot. It was like 100 degrees maybe or night in the 90s. So, so she did that, and then she sat down, and we go over, and we start talking to her. And she was totally receptive on – us praying for her and just she kind of shared some things that were going on in her life and with her family and so that was really cool to do that um because i think you know a lot of times even if there are our own thoughts or maybe they're god's thoughts or whatever but we're just looking for people we're just looking for um people that need god and need prayer and just somehow we can be conduits of that and um yeah so it was really cool I don't know if you guys have anything else or. Sorry. <laughs> um, so both of our families went to different places, but this is one of the nights we were in Boise. We went and um, went to different welcome housing that the refugees would live in when they first come to the States. <clears throat> and we met this family that they had six kids, and they were from Tanzania. They're from Tanzania. The mom left the Congo when she was 12 years old, found her husband in the refugee camp and had all their six kids in the refugee camp. And then they moved here. Um, they finally came to Boise and they had been living in the welcome housing for like two months. And it was just such a, they were just happy people. Like just, we didn't, they hardly knew the two older boys knew like broken English, like if that, so they kind of understood things, but we just, um, me and like the older kids, we were just like playing volleyball with them, and it's just like it was just I loved it. I wanted to do I wanted to do more of that, just like playing with them because 
like we didn't know the same language but like we just knew how to have fun and they were just like the happiest people like ever and just things like we overlook is like having a ball to like play with and Felicia she kind of she's one of the people that works at Boise and she brought us to them and she'd met them before but she's like oh do you want to keep this ball and like they're like oh yeah we don't have one and just like it's just I love that the most and they they went somewhere else but I knew they really enjoyed it too playing with like toddlers and yeah it was just cool because we didn't know the same language but it's just we we know how to show love without words it was cool Um, so I think I think something we we realized is that serving Jesus was pure joy. We had so much fun. It was pure joy. Um, I was happier doing playing and doing that than I have been in a while. And I want this to be I want this to be normal for my family. I want this to be like this is who we are. This is how we live. Um, I don't want it to be, I don't want to lose. We were talking like, I don't want to lose what we had there. I want to move slow enough in this world that I can hear the Father's voice when he says, pray for somebody, that I actually make space to pray for them. Because when God leads you and you hear him, people are ready. Like it was, I was such a good reminder to realize when you, when you say to somebody, you sit there and you talk with them, you bomb a coffee because God led you, so they're ready, and you're like, can I pray for you? And they're like, yes. It's like they were waiting, because God prepared them, and they were ready, and I want to I want to live that way, and um, yeah, I want it to be my new normal. <laughs> we were talking about that last night, so I don't want to lose that. Well, we need to finish up our time, and so... Um, we wanted to challenge you guys because we were challenged as we went to give our yes to God before he even asks. And I know that we find ourselves in an uncomfortable position sometimes where God is asking for our yes and we reserve it. And so I want to just take a moment to be silent and because we believe the whole, we, we accounted it, right? We asked God, God speak to us, show us images, give us visions, whatever it is you want to, however you want to speak to us. And he did. He still, this still happens. And so I want to give you a minute to ask God, God, what is it that you are calling me to do and help me to give you my yes? Can we do that? Just take a minute to just pray. So, Father, I pray right now that you would speak to each person in this room. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we confess to you that um, stepping out of our rhythm of life, our work, um, our relationships, how we how we interact, God, the things that we're doing are um, just the chore that's right before us is really hard for us. Um, we have our agenda. And, God, we want to lay that down, uh, lay our agenda down to pick up yours this morning. Every reason why not to give you yes, um, Lord, we lay that down as well. And we give you a yes before you even ask. God, we commit ourselves to you as a church, 
And we ask that you would lead us and guide us as you did this team in Boise and as you've done others um, in, on other mission trips throughout our lives. Um, God, we give you that yes, and we ask that you lead and guide us to where you would have us and to speak to who you would have us speak, to pray for who you would have us pray, to love on the people that you would have us love. In the name of Jesus, amen. We have all kinds of stories, and so we want to make space for you guys to come and talk to us and share those stories, and we're going to do that over treats. Dale, would you get the treats? Dale's going to get the treats. and, and So Heidi and Dale and Clay are going to be on the backspace. Uh, so that one of the really cool things we got to do, some missionaries, veteran missionaries to Morocco were our cooks at the camp. And they did Moroccan dinner one night, and they brought dessert. And for dessert, it was a treat. It was an orange with cinnamon on it. And if you've never had it, oh, my word, you're about to have a life-altering experience. And so we've brought oranges with cinnamon into the backspace so we can talk, and you can ask any questions you want. Um, but other than that, go in the grace of our Lord. Come back next week. It's a normal service next week. And, uh, yeah, in Jesus' name, we love you. So meet us on the backspace.